When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 2 Podcast. This might be college football, heaven. Second hour on the final Monday of the month has arrived. We say hello to you and a couple more guests to come. Let's uh, check in with Daryl in Columbus, Georgia. Come Paul. Hello, Daryl. Well, I mean, the people we folks didn't think the NFL was gonna have a Super Bowl without Taylor Swift, did they? Uh, I just heard about. It. I heard. I, did you did you know she was dating one of the Chiefs? Oh uh, yeah, Paul. Everybody. I mean, you just found out. Everybody in the country knew that. Well, I didn't know that. I, I I was watching the game last night, and there she was, and I was like, "What's Taylor Swift doing in a football game?" Yeah, she's dating Travis. Kelsey or whatever his name is. Yeah. Who do you like in the Super Bowl, Paul? Well, I like uh, whatever team Taylor's cheering for, since I'm a Swifty. Uh, Taylor's a chief. She's a chief fan, but I'll I, I go with KC. But, I, hey, now come kickoff. If San Francisco could somehow run Montana and Rice and, Jerry, and Ronnie Lott out there, I'd have to go with the Niners. Did you yeah, think right. Joe Montana? Yeah, they, yeah, I, did you realize they've been to the Super Bowl a few times since those guys left? Yeah, I know, Paul, but they were legendary. I mean, Joe, Joe didn't lose Super Bowls, you know what I mean? I still remember, uh, well, who was it? That, it wasn't Rice. Who was it that caught the famous catch against the Cowboys? It broke my heart. Uh, Dwight Clark. Uh, yeah. It was, um, yeah, that's oh, who it was. It was Dwight was, uh, Clark. Uh, I was a big um, Cowboys fan Dwight at Clark. one time. I'm not anymore. Well, and I remember Clark watching that game, catch. and I'm like, I mean, it was like, I was devastated. That was one of the was greatest it? games I ever watched. Yeah. NFL games. It was Dwight Hart made the catch. It was called the catch. That's what yeah. they labeled it. But yeah, it was Dwight. Hart I remember the made Sports the Illustrated catch, right? cover. I, I I I literally went out to my mailbox and and put it in the trash can. That was a great great game. That was the end of the Cowboys. I tell you what, Montana rolled out, made that pass with with two tall Jones in front of his face. Oh yeah, that was great. Paul. Yes. Was, well, I'm, I'm wondering there, help me out now. Was the, I'm wondering if the process that Nick Saban had at Alabama, was it the process compensating players and now that everybody can do it, the, the process was broken and, and that's why he quit? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Have we talked since he left, uh, Daryl? I don't think we have, Paul. I don't okay. think we have. But we, we are. I, I, mean, I, I have been you know, waiting it, since that date three weeks ago. Like that, I think that he was – his advantage was compensating players, and he no longer could do it. He no longer had that advantage, so he hit the door. They, and they, they said he's going to stick around as an advisor. What are you going to advise? Stay away yeah, from but, Georgia? Yeah, but, Darrell, I want you to answer me one question, though. With all these, uh, even though everything evened out, which you just got, why did, why did he still have that innate ability to beat down your guy at Georgia? What happened the last time? What happened the last national championship game he played in, Paul? I don't know. That was so. Which national championship was that? That the last one that he played in. The one that he got smoked. Oh, the, in the one he uh, he beat. Uh, he beat Ohio State, right? Uh, he lost to Georgia. Oh, do you remember that one? 
I do not remember that. That was the last national show. I mean, that was the last. Well, you got to remember though, Daryl, that uh, Alabama Alabama didn't have uh, Mechie and Jameis. uh, I mean, you saw you saw Jameis last night. I mean, he was without him. What chance did Alabama have? Paul, Alabama had. They 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 don't want to admit this, but they had become a two-loss program every year. Only reason they didn't lose two games this past year is because Auburn bailed them out. They would have lost two more games. They they had become that. But you know, hey. They asked, they asked Nick Saban what, what his plans was now that he's retired. He said, my first plan is to get the hell out of Tuscaloosa. <laughs> you know, why would it fall? Has he been he there since uh, the divorce like press why conference? Why would he have like a final year, give Alabama time to find the coach? Let me ask you this. Who do you think got the better deal, okay? Alabama, on that new coach they have, that's got this great record and all, all these wins coming against Suey Falls. Who in the hell is Suey Falls? Where do they play at? Uh, or, uh, it's, or just, just to get with, the with pronunciation correctly, it is Sioux Falls, not Suey Falls. Well, Sioux Falls or whatever in the hell it is, what conference they play in? Never they heard play of them. In the, uh, they play in the Suey League. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. That guy's going to find out what the SEC is all about. Paul, who got the better deal, Alabama or, or Hugh Freeze and Auburn? Well, I don't know. I mean, I would think Alabama always gets the best deal, don't they? Yeah, we're going we're going to find that. Then you know what? The Alabama fans are in for a rude awakening. Okay, Daddy is gone. Daddy is gone, and Daddy's still at, it's that Daddy is still up in Athens. You know what I mean? He ain't going nowhere. He's just getting started. We are going to. We will be the favorite. Us in Ohio State will be the favorite. We'll be the favorite to win our third national title in four years. It's gonna happen, okay? We got Carson Beck come back. It's but but, but Daryl, I, I don't I listen. You, Daryl, you promised me that. You, you promised me that last time. Alabama got your way. Gone. And you know what? He didn't care about Alabama, Paul. If he did, he would have stuck around for one more year. He had like a going out party. No, no, Hey, don't don't say that, Daryl. He knew it was time to go. Come on. And he couldn't deal with it. He couldn't deal with Alabama fans, and he just bailed on them. But hey. That's just the way it goes, man. They got now it's going back to the Shula days. Shula Price, that is what they're going to go back to. <laughs> Don't forget to It's going to be fun to watch, and that's all I got to say. Go to all. Okay, well, Daryl is back. I mean, I Daryl just doesn't seem to understand the, the Kirby Smart, Nick Saban resume. I, I believe Saban only lost one time to, to Georgia and Mike, and to Kirby in about six tries. Good to have Daryl back. We haven't heard from him since, uh, you know, forever, as we say. Gary is up next. In, uh, do we have another call from Clinton, Tennessee? And Clinton is right outside of uh, Oak Ridge. I mean, we've had two calls from one small town in, in the last five minutes. Hey, Gary? Paul. Hey. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Listen, I want to run something by you. You're familiar with Carson Newman. There in Jefferson City. Oh, sure. Two weeks ago, we had a young man up there, Nick Brennigan, Mm -hmm. who scored 64 points. He made 18 three-point shots. 18 three-point shots? I think the record book shows that that has never been done in NCAA basketball. The guy is incredible. He scored more points than the opposing team. <laughs> well, that's pretty amazing. 
It is absolutely amazing. 18 three-point shots. Now, Carson Newman's got quite a reputation. They do. Paul, before you let me go, one other point I'd like to make, if you would. Okay. Uh, Talking about Nick Saban, can you give us the statement that Nick always made? I've heard you comment on it. Whenever practice was over on Fridays, Nick always come up with two statements about what you do and what you don't do. Do you remember those statements? Why don't you tell us since uh, you, you called in? Well, I won't get it exactly right, but I think it goes along the line that you've got to make a choice. There's things that you know you ought to do if you're going to become what you hope to be. Right. And you need to do those. And there's things that you want to do that you shouldn't do, and it falls in that same category. You don't do them. So you have to make choices. Life is made up of choices. And he evidently stressed that at the end of every practice. And to me, that is good advice. Well, you know, he always tried, Gary, he always tried to make a point. Uh, everything he said, whether it was to a reporter, to a fan, to his team, was a message. I, I, I was subjected to that one night, and I'm like going, what in the world is he talking about? And then I realized that he, was, he wasn't talking to me. He was talking to his team through me because he knew <laughs> I would uh, have some form the next day. To, uh, and, and he always told his team, like you said, that they can, they can, do it, they can be whatever they want to be. It's their choice. Exactly. And that, uh, that's what, Good advice. What, what made him so brilliant. Hey, thank you very much. I, I want to hear more about your, uh, your three-point star. That's, that's pretty amazing. Those little uh, smaller schools, uh, they, they, they really don't get the credit for great basketball. Uh, thank you very much for the call. Why don't we take a break? Uh, we, we still need, I think we all need a break from, to kind of decompress after, De- after Daryl's call. <laughs> Have you heard enough about Michigan's football program? One more guess, and then we'll shut the book on them forever. And I mean forever. Sam Webb is next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com slash Paul. 
Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Like it was about a month ago uh, that uh, Sam Webb joined us, for, uh, Insider Covers Michigan. And he did something which really irritated me and pretty much everyone. He picked Michigan to beat Alabama. So I immediately told our producers, never let this guy back on the airways again. <laughs> Sam, great to see you. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was hard to believe. A month ago today, we were all uh, out there in, in Pasadena watching Michigan beat Alabama. And according to some, ending Nick Saban's career. Uh, how are you doing? A lot's happened since then. Yeah, a whole lot has happened since then. Uh, Michigan obviously won the national championship. And... You saw some coaches really rise to the fore, especially in that game. I mean, Jesse Minter, it was a virtuoso performance by him. And I think uh, the nation really saw what Michigan had been seeing for two years. That guy is really worth his salt. And that's why Jim Harbaugh is taking him with him out to, uh, out to the Chargers. So let's, let's talk about, I mean, everyone suspected Harbaugh was going to leave. I don't think that uh, took a lot of imagination. But, but uh, the decision to uh, elevate Sharon Moore also fairly easy. Uh, how is it playing in Ann, Ar- Ann Arbor? Uh, yeah, it, it, everyone is pretty much on the same page. You know, rarely uh, do you have uh, a fan base, an alumni base, leadership, coaches, players, kind of thinking in unison that what Jim Harbaugh built here is special. I mean, you know, the, the culture that he was able to cultivate, uh, a culture that wasn't bad before. It's not like his culture was bad before 2020. But you had a guy who had some deep introspection when it was very clear that his job was in jeopardy in 2020. You got to change some things. Yeah, you had some success, but not the ultimate success. So what are you going to do to get there? And part of that was being very, very conscious of the, the changes he needed to make. He needed to make culturally. That means getting in new coaches, getting in some younger coaches, you know, kind of valuing the input of your players more. All of those things play into it. And Sharon was one of the guys that was a holdover. I mean, he broomed a lot of staff members, and he kept Sharon Moore. Not only did he keep Sharon Moore, Paul, I mean, you had a very popular coach and a very well-established coach in Ed Warner coaching the offensive line at that time. And you had a lot of Michigan fans scratching their heads as to why would Jim Harbaugh tap a tight ends coach who's never coached offensive line to coach it at a time where his job is really on the line, and you could really see over these last couple of years, why? He really connects with his players. He really knows ball. He really doesn't let the adversity of the moment get to him. All of these ingredients kind of add up to a guy who, even though he's 37, is really ready for the magnitude of this moment. And, and he seems like he is. And, and I, I don't know, but in hearing people talk, it seems like uh, there will be a grace period because the schedule next year is absurd. The team looks good, maybe not as elite and when I, when I talk about the schedule, second game of the season against Texas and then at Southern Cal and at Washington, that's only in the first half. The second half has Oregon at home and, and then the usual uh, ending at Ohio State. Uh, you heard, you may have heard uh, John Bacon mention eight and four. Uh, are, are we talking about a transitional year here for Sharon Moore? Or do you think uh, this team is capable of, of, of making another, at least a playoff run? Depends, Paul. I mean, who can he keep? You know, if he can keep this team intact, 
they're loaded on defense. You got two first-round defensive tackles in Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant. Uh, you have your your two the the two guys who who were leaving for the draft uh, that graduated on the edge were really really good. But I think you could make the case that the guys replacing them behind them are even more talented. Uh, you bring in the number one linebacker from the transfer portal last year, Ernest Hausman. He's in his second year now, so he has his transition behind him. And then they get the kid, Jayshon Barham from Maryland, who I think is elite. I think he's an elite linebacker prospect. And then everyone is back in the secondary for the most part. All-American corner, Will Johnson. You have both your safeties back in Rod Moore and Makari Page. And then Keon Sabs coming on, so you're able to slide one of those guys in for Mikey Sainristle, who was a big-time playmaker for them. You have all the ingredients to have a championship-level defense. you got to find some things offensively. But again, what do they return? And a large part of that, a large part of answering that question anyway, is what staff members can he keep? And I'm sure you've noted he's been in kind of a tussle with Jim Harbaugh for certain for certain guys. And so far, Jim Harbaugh is winning the tug of war uh, as they they tug back and forth for some of these for some of these coaches. Let's talk about another issue. Uh, forget fighting Harbaugh, but since Ryan. Day was left dead uh, on the field a couple of months ago uh, and then lost to Missouri. He's done something quite extraordinary. Uh, he's just gone and I don't know where he's and how he's doing it. I'm sure Michigan fans have their own theory. But how, how, what is the Michigan view of what Ryan Day has done in the portal? You don't know how he's doing it. Come on, Paul. Come on, Paul. <laughs> I, was, I was born at night. Not last night. The, the portal... The portal is a thing. The portal is its own thing. And here's what I sense. Look, I think the resources that Ryan Day has at his disposal were at one level up to this point. Because uh, this is not a secret to Michigan fans. Ohio State fans were complaining about the portal as much as Michigan people were. Uh, how are we not getting portal guys? And look, they, they were supposed to get this guy and he's going someplace else. Now all of a sudden, Ohio State's not complaining about the portal anymore. Seems kind of odd and conspicuous, right? What it says to me is they've gotten drilled on the field the last three years. Every excuse has been removed. You know, you look back in in 21, it was it was one bad half, right? Or, or And then you look back at 22, it was five bad plays. This year, they tried to make it about the signs, but obviously the signs weren't being stolen at that point. So let's remove all the excuses. All that Jim Harbaugh is gone now. Every player you want in the portal, you can have. So if you lose this year, guess what you can't do? You can't make any excuses. You aren't facing Harbaugh. You aren't facing Jesse Minter. You got every player you want in the portal. They don't have a quarter. They're, they're, they're not returning a quarterback this time around. Seems like all, and you're at home, all of the chips are in Ohio State's favor. So you should win right now if you're Ryan Day. And if you don't, well, we know what that means. You know, I, I, Sam, I, I, I'm, I'm not uh, a virgin when it comes to college football, but I, I just am a little bit shocked by what you said. First of all, you got Judkins, who a year, and a year ago was the best running back in the SEC. He decides he wants to go from Ole Miss. Then you have Sayan, who's the number one quarterback. Uh, and then who's the guy from Alabama, the defensive guy? Oh, Caleb Downs. I don't think you understand how three Southern – guys, uh, two living in Tuscaloosa and one living in Oxford, wouldn't rather spend the winter 
in Columbus, Ohio. I really don't think you're being naive to, to think that something nefarious is going on here. I didn't say I didn't say nefarious. I didn't say Ohio State was being nefarious. There, there's just a way that things are done now. And, you know, we don't have to be naive about it. I think everyone is is privy to it. I'm not saying anyone is breaking any rules. I'm saying there is a way that things are done in okay. this day and age of college football. And, you know, some teams were slower to play the game. And that's not an excuse for Ryan Day. That's not an excuse for Ryan Day. He has everything at his disposal to go out and not just beat Michigan, but win a national championship. And if you can't get it, you've already changed all your staff. You changed everyone. You got a new defensive staff from a couple of years ago, right? You got a new offensive coordinator. You went and got Bill O'Brien, who I'm sure Jalen Milrow was like, that's a great hire, right? So <laughs> A lot so, of people, a lot of, a lot of our fans think it was a great hire too. So you got all these things. You turn it over play calling. There were a lot of Ohio State fans got to criticize. Take your hands off the wheel, Ryan. Well, now all of those things are different. Go win. And don't just beat Michigan. Win a championship, just like Jim Harbaugh did. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know where we find some of these guests, uh, guys. But, uh, hey, all kidding aside, Sam, uh, a lot of people in Columbus are, are, are pointing toward Ann Arbor because that third loss and Michigan winning the title, some, so, somehow, some way, that red light went off in that uh, Columbus uh, bang, didn't it? It did. I think it, uh, you know, John Bacon made a great point. You know, your rival, your rival winning has a way of triggering something in you. Like, it was – it, it was bad the last couple of years, but it's worse. The loss this year was worse because Michigan went and won the whole damn thing. So you got to do something. This will not stand in Columbus. That, I mean, you, gotta, you have a generation of Buckeyes who grew up not knowing what it was to lose to Michigan. And now to see not Michigan didn't just win. They won it all. No, 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 no. Let's, let's go fix this if you're, if you're Ryan Day and his staff and the athletic administration there. So, and you, you're catching Michigan at a time where, like I said, you know, you just lost, if you're Michigan, you just lost the strength coach. This is a, a major, major loss for, for Michigan. Jim Harbaugh came in and took him, and by all accounts that I've heard, he's going to make him, he's blowing away the pay scale for strength coaches in the NFL because they don't even play the same role, Paul, in the NFL that they do in college. So that tells you how much Jim Harbaugh values Ben Herbert. It also tells you what kind of bank he's working with. If he could come in and big bank takes little bank Michigan like he just did when he was making a million dollars on a five-year contract at Michigan. So imagine what he must be paying him in L.A. to get him to come out there. That is the kind of thing when you lose a guy like that, you lose Jim Harbaugh, you lose Jesse Minter, who my guy Vance Bedford, I trust him implicitly, his football opinion. He said Jesse Minter was out front of college football. He was even out front of Nick Saban as a defensive schemer in this last cycle. That means a lot to me. So you're getting rid of all of that, and, and now you're facing Michigan with the, with the replacement coach? Uh, you have no excuse if you're Ohio State not to win this game. You know, Sam, as we close, I, I, I'll, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a slow believer, but if I look down one day and read that Ryan Day has put this individual in his analyst room, then I know we're going to be in trouble. And if he hires Jimbo Fisher as an analyst, then forget it. Uh, Michigan better go, uh, better go hide. Sam, this was fun. Uh, really is great to see you again and uh, enjoy the winter in Ann Arbor. Hey, Paul, you're welcome to come up here anytime, man. I, we, let's see. Sam, I keep, I keep looking for an invitation. Uh, we had Roy Wood on the other day. 
uh, the comedian, uh, right before the, the Rose Bowl. And he, he actually played Ann Arbor the other night. And I, I jokingly said, I'll, if somebody invites me, I'll come up there and do a stand-up routine. But I can't, I don't, I, no invitations from Ann Arbor. I mean, I'm, I'm cheap. I'm not Roy Wood. I mean, I'm, hey, I'm, Paul, I'm not a comedy. Well, you, you, you want some fans when you said, hey, you know what? The way Michigan won and they went through the last five weeks of the season and they beat all comers, they're the legitimate national champion. Do you know you actually won over some, not as fans, but they, they aren't ready to turn feather you anymore? Uh, yeah, I was ready to end that. And, and by the way, I jokingly said to somebody the other day on a podcast, they said, why did you do that? It was, it was on in Columbus uh, with Tim May. I said I was sleep deprived. You know, I flew back after the game. I, I was kidding, uh, of course. Because, I mean, I was ready for that. I mean, I, 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 I did fly back all night knowing I'm going to be on the, the morning shows on ESPN. And I had thought about that during the five-hour flight with, uh, as I was chowing down my pretzels uh, in, 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 in warm, cold water. Uh, but I, I thought it was time to end it. And, and by the way, I was impressed. I mean, at the Rose Bowl, I, I walked away in amazement at what I saw. And I, I was not surprised at all when the same thing happened seven days later. Yeah, it was it was a tremendous performance, a physically dominating performance, especially in the national championship. In both games, frankly, they they won at the line of scrimmage in both games. And, you know, you watch these teams, even in the NFL, I think there's a return to the throwback nature of football where physicality in the trenches and punching people in the mouth can win championships. We just saw it in college football and we'll see uh, what wins the day and pro football here in, uh, in a couple of weeks. And I didn't mention it because I mentioned three of the top uh, guys in the portal, but I, I'm sure some of the Michigan defensive linemen were extremely happy to see that Tyler McLaughlin, the center from Alabama, is also going to be in Columbus. <laughs> Poor kid, man. We picked that out before the game. Paul, my guys, uh, shout out. You've had Al Borges on this show, uh, longtime offensive coordinator, Vance Bedford. We did a preview, and they said, man, I don't know what Washington's going to do. Uh, they got a problem on the interior line because this kid is about to get destroyed, and he did. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and, and look, he's a young guy, and he's going to get a lot better, and he was facing two NFL first-round draft picks. But here's the problem. He's going to be facing first-round draft picks all the time at the SEC, so I'm, I'm actually rooting for the young fella. I got some friends on that Alabama staff. Shout-out to my guy, Courtney Morgan, who I went to Michigan with. He's a tremendous GM for Kalen DeBoer. And so they're going to get guys and they're going to get talent. But that young fella, I think what happened to him against Michigan was really good training for what he's going to see in the SEC on a weekly basis. Hey, great to see you. Sam Webb joining us as uh, we uh, appreciate it very much. Sam, we'll stay in touch. It was always it was fun to catch up with you these last couple of weeks as Michigan is the national champion. We'll take a short break. We're back right after this. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. At this, Arkansas men's basketball, Mississippi State women's, tonight. So I, this, is, uh, this is obviously, for college football, a bit of a strange season. Most things are slowing down. You have all these, you got, you got a lot of things, you know, Senior Bowl, the Combine coming up, the Super Bowl, but that's not really college football. But my point being that People in the media are famous for doing lists. And you always see the way too early list right at the end of the, uh, the, usually the day after the national championship game. Well, a couple of people are doing recalibrations because you've, got, you've had two of the top coaches, three of the top coaches in college football. You have Harbaugh and Saban out, out of college football. You've got DeBoer now at Alabama. So I wanted to share this with you. Not, not to, that, that I put much stock in anything that, in terms of lists, but I do respect Pat Forty, and he has re-ranked his, his way too early, even though we are still in January. Georgia is number one. That, that, there's a debate, Georgia, Ohio State. Ohio State's two. But it starts getting fairly interesting. Texas is number three. You may have heard of them. Oregon, number four. Two of uh, those coaches under consideration for Alabama's job. You heard Alabama yet? Aren't they usually in the top three or four? How about number five, SEC team? Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin's team. That is a major ranking for a team that a lot of people say watch out for. Notre Dame, number six. I'll see that. I'll believe that if I see it. Missouri, number seven. Let me let me go back and count. Okay, one, two. Three, four, four SEC teams in the top seven, and none of, the, none of them are named Alabama. When was the last time? This is a preseason. Alabama is number eight. Alabama is the fifth-ranked SEC school in Pat Forty's way too early. Am I right? Yeah. Florida State, number 10, about where they belong this year. Michigan, number 12. That's a little bit of a drop-off. Tennessee at number 13. So Tennessee, while being 13, is the sixth-ranked SEC school. Clemson down in number 15 position. Get used to it, Clemson fans. LSU, number 16. What are they? Have I given six already or five? Yeah, so they're number six. That is a... I think they should be ranked a little higher, but then again, oh, here comes Oklahoma at number 17. Are we getting a little SEC crazy here? And that is pretty much it for the SEC, just about seven or eight of the top couple of schools. So, But Alabama at number eight, behind Georgia, Texas, Missouri, and Ole Miss. It looks like Daryl from Columbus, Georgia, did that list. Let's get back to the calls. And Jim is in Texas. So hello, Jim. Good afternoon. 
Good afternoon, Mr. Paul Feinbaum. How are you? How are you doing? We are doing great. Thank you for checking in. Well, so you, you're doing this from Charlotte? Uh, that's where we are today. Yeah, we, we try to move around for uh, security reasons. <laughs> we, well, don't want, we, don't, we, we don't want some Michigan fan coming after us. Yeah. I grew up across the border there in Fort Mill. I'm sure you've been through Fort oh, Mill. Oh, yeah, no, South we are, uh, our studios, uh, how far are we from Fort Mill? Straight line, not very far. It's about a yes, five to ten minute yes, drive sir. if you're if you're if you're a, if you're a crow. And uh, what I wanted to tell you is the reason I got into college football was because of Paul Bear Bryant. Yes, sir. I'm and I him. was much, much more disappointed when he retired than I was saving. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was. I mean, we we had the anniversary of his death the other day, Jim, the forty first yeah. anniversary, and we're still having people call in telling us where they were when they heard the news. Oh, I know exactly where I was. I was living in Selma, Alabama, working at a paper mill. Yeah, that's but uh, Charlotte used to have two newspapers: the Charlotte Observer and the Charlotte Evening News. Right. Yeah. And you say, why were you an Alabama fan? Because when Joe Namath went there, it wouldn't be much, but they give, you know, box scores and college football scores and little articles. And I mean, I could always keep up with Alabama. And I went in the Army in 74 and met a couple guys, stationed with a couple guys from Alabama. So when I got out, I moved to Alabama. <laughs> I said, hell, I'm going to be an Alabama fan. But there's a couple other things I want to tell you, Mr. Feinbaum. Yes, sir. Uh, some of your callers need to quit calling. And I'm not <laughs> one. That, hey, by the I'm way, this is our first call together, but that may be the smartest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, they just need to quit calling. Man. Would, you have, I mean, would you mind uh, offering uh, who, who some of those people should be? Well, Dash, he needs to get off the pot. Dash, he needs yeah. to get off the guns. Dash is, is useless. Nobody cares what he says. Uh, Daryl from Georgia. Does he not think that Georgia ball players? Just uh, like no, Alabama? no he, uh, he doesn't think that. Well, he's an idiot. And a couple more I'll, things. I'll speak up when I disagree. Oh, I know you will, sir. I watch you every day. Uh, North Carolina Tar Heels will win the national championship. In what sport? Basketball. Oh, okay, yeah, you're, you're probably right about that. Hubert Davis is, is quite a good coach. <laughs> Hubert Davis knows how to run that Carolina fast break. He sure does. He's running under Dean Smith. Yes, he did. And uh, let's see, what else was there? Oh, the, <laughs> the main thing. The main I live thing in Alito, Texas. Where, no, uh, I, I know Texas, but where is that? I don't know that. I don't know Alito. That's twenty miles from Fort Worth okay. west. Gotcha. So west of Fort Worth. In, west of Fort Worth. If you're if Fort you're in Dallas, Kent. you go you go west of Fort Worth, and then you go twenty more miles. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, don't, I got you. No. And you. Well, I need to come out there. We need to meet for a chicken fried, uh, some chicken fried steak. Ooh, I can. 
I could take you to get the best one you've ever had. If you ever <laughs> I come bet you down. could. I'm not lying to you. No, Mary's I'm... Grill. Now, is that, where is Strong. that? Is that in Fort Worth Texas. or is that near you? That's in Strong, Texas. They play six-man football in Strong. Now, now where is Strong? Because I, I, I once passed a place between Houston and somewhere, and they said this is the best chicken fried steak in the world. Uh, no, they told a lie. Strong's right off the interstate. Okay. Interstate 20. By the way, I, I had it and didn't think it was that great, but that was that was near Houston. Oh, no, 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 no. Houston ain't nothing but Mexican. <laughs> okay. And one more thing I'd like to tell you, Mr. Feinbaum. Yes, sir. I told you I'm from Alito, Texas, and we just won a 12th state championship 5A Division One ball. That's More amazing. championships than anybody in the state of Texas. Okay. And that fellow that answered this phone, I think he went to TCU. He did, yeah. That's Danny, uh, Dan, Dan, Danny Bramwood. He's a TCU graduate. Yeah, he knows about yeah, he know, he knows he it. Said, he said, how do y'all do Did this you year? know, uh, Jim, that TCU once played for the national championship in college football? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> they, won, they won the title in 35, and – they played a year ago, but oh, they've, they've now, oh, subpo- they've now uh, petitioned the NCAA to have that expunged. Why? Well, it's just because they, they're, they don't want to be arrested uh, for impersonating a college football team. Hey, thank have you. Uh, Jim, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Do you like chicken fried steak? Uh, Hey, I, if this is the best in the world, I, I will, I will, I'm going to be in Texas in a couple of months. Actually, maybe in a couple of weeks. I may have to ride over there. Is, it, now, it's just like the, you cut it up, the chicken fried steak. This isn't, what, do you, what do you serve with chicken fried steak? Rice and, gravy. Rice and gravy. Can't wait. I'll be right there, Jim. We're coming back. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We are back. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing, but I just I am. Trey is up next. Hello, Trey. Paul. Hey, how are you? I hope you had a great weekend. Thank you. 
talk to you about chicken fried steak. Okay. You serve it with white peppered gravy, homemade okay. mashed potatoes, biscuits, collard greens, homemade apple pie. You do the dishes. You get you a crown and seven up when you're done. And then you sit back and listen to the Paul Feinbaum show. I like that. Uh, that's how you do. Yeah, 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 uh, I, I, I'm going to show my ignorance as a, as a born and bred Southerner. But is, is chicken fried steak. I mean, is it that hard to make? Just no, like you, no, you, no, no. You just kind of throw Not it in, in some grease and I mean, you know, see how much see how much cholesterol you can get into it. <laughs> yeah, I just gave you a bunch of cholesterol, didn't yeah. I? <laughs> I mean, I try to avoid stuff like that, but I, I mean, I, I have had chicken fried steak in Texas. I mean, there's certain things in Texas I will try. I mean, I've been to Fort Worth where they say the uh, the Mexican food is better than anywhere else, and, and it's, it's I, I would agree. Uh, but there's some, well, a, but there's some things I'm not going to my, try out there. My grandmother could make the best chicken fried steak, and I have her recipe. I even still have her old cast iron skillets that are over a hundred years old. And so what, what, they what are is wonderful. in a, 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 So what what type of meat do you put in a chicken fried steak? It's like a cube steak. Uh, I, I, okay. uh, um, if you know like, what a I mean, cube we used to have like is. minute steaks. I mean, we were so poor yes, we had like half a minute steaks. Oh yes, sir. Hey, but Paul, let, I mean, I my mother could get it, you know, get there on Wednesday and get it half price, even though the, the meat was <laughs> was yellow, she would get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's thrown out there after about five days of already yeah. being out there, correct? Yeah. Oh, oh the I cow died things. last year. Don't worry about it. It's good. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.